Welcome to the Youth Sports Safety Update. My name is Jim Mackey. I'll be your host today. We're talking with uh, Kayla Jones, a head athletic trainer at Westside High School. And today we're talking about uh, preparing our middle school parents, coaches, and students, uh, some of the proper aspects and basics of dealing with the heat and the importance of hydration in sports, because the more we can prevent, the better uh, performance issues we'll, we'll see in our athletes and we'll be a safer program in that too. So welcome, Kayla. Tell us a little bit about um, heat stroke, uh, because we can talk about, you can talk about cramps, heat exhaustion, heat stroke. What makes heat stroke a whole lot different there? Um, heat stroke, once you get to that point, um, it is very important to get medical attention as far as hospitals go and getting them cooled down. Um, at that point, uh, their body temperature is so high, you run the risk of getting their organs starting to fail. So a big thing is to, one, hopefully not get to that point, but also um, get them cooled down as quickly as possible. Obviously, everyone always hears about rectal temperature, but that's not something that even in the high schools that we have. So uh, the biggest thing is to get them either in a cold tub and I actually just got the idea of middle schools can realistically get kiddie pools pretty cheap. Um, that could be an option. But obviously, if they don't have that, a taco, which is the tarp, you just get a tarp and you pour water and ice into it and you stick the athlete in and you need about four people to um, kind of slosh them in the tarp and have somebody pouring cold water over their head while they're doing it and just getting them cooled down as quick as possible. And while doing that, call 911, get the ambulance, get them to a hospital to get them rehydrated and stuff. So if they've reached the stage of heat stroke, that is a medical emergency, something we're very concerned about. And you can, too. Uh, we don't recommend this, but if you can uh, use repeated cold towels over their entire body, uh, that that is a, a an alternative. When you think about putting ice bags on uh, people that are hot, when we're talking hot, we're talking a core temperature of 104 and higher. It's just like placing a, an ice bag on a car's hood. And what happens? It melts pretty quickly and does not, it cools the surface temperature, but has not uh, reached the core temperature, which is uh, essential that we that we get that down uh, to a, a manageable level. As Kayla said, uh, organs uh, can be compromised. Basically, you're cooking your organs at that point when the body's temperature reaches above 104. So, Let's uh, talk about some of the preparation that we can make uh, before uh, an incident occurs there. All right. So if you do have um, a cold tub, you want to fill it up at least three-fourths of the way and make sure it's in a shaded area because obviously we don't want hot water. We don't want to be putting the kids in the hot water because like Jim said, um, if you put ice in hot water, it's just going to melt and that's not going to do you any good. So you want to have it in shaded area. Um, you want to make sure you have coolers generally between like 40 and 50 pounds worth of ice sitting by it, ready to go. Don't put it in the tub because obviously even on a hot day, it still has a chance to melt and that's not going to do you any good. Um, preferably you would want to have a thermometer to make sure that your um, temperatures in the water are getting low enough to cool someone down. And those pool thermometers, you get them for less than $5 at a Lowe's or Home Depot and just put it on the side of the pool and you're trying to get reach a temperature of what? Uh, 32 to 59 degrees. 
And then you want to have either a strap or even if you don't have a strap, you want somebody there. Generally, if it's football, you could have one of the coaches there to try and hold the kid up in case um, they are either unconscious or having trouble sitting on their own. Um, Just something to make sure that they are staying in place, getting their bodies down to a cold temperature. And then obviously some towels or sponges to start cooling their head. And then if you don't have those tubs, then you can make sure you have your tarp um, in place, still in a shaded area, have those coolers ready, have an extra cooler with water in it. So that way you can dump the water into the tarp as well. That's right. And when you, uh, when we talk about those restraint straps or a towel or sheet to place on their arms, sometimes we'll talk about this in the signs and symptoms, but they can be very combative and uh, really actually fighting you. So you want to be able to hold them, restrain them in a, in, a safe, in a safe manner. So let's talk a little bit about how do we recognize we don't, we're not using the rectal temp- temperature for these people, but we're looking for uh, signs and symptoms of their central nervous system. So what, what kinds of things are we looking for that are really obvious? Um, so first, a lot of things that come are cramps. Kids start to turn pale. You can definitely tell that um, their skin sometimes either gets dry or they profusely sweat. If they get dry, you really want to be um, proactive in getting them into that cool water. Um, They start to tell you that they feel dizzy. They feel like they're starting to see spots or they start to see tunnel vision. So they feel like they're about to pass out. Um, Some of them throw up. Um, Just stuff like that. They start to get irritable. they can't stand. Their muscles aren't uh, working with them very well. And people literally start talking out of their head, as we say, or talking out of their mind in that. And when they become confused, when things are not normal, they get irritated, they get combative, they get confused, and they get scared. And so it's your responsibility to help calm them down, to let them know that help is on the way, and then to provide that assistance as best as possible and as quickly as possible. So before you put them in the tub, uh, as you respond, you're going to do things such as? Um, Remove equipment and any clothing. Um, The more clothing you get removed, the better, because it will get cool their bodies down more. And you don't want any of that heat uh, getting trapped in within those clothes. So socks, shoes, obviously football helmet, um, shirts, shirts. pads. You just want everything um, off of their body so that when you dip them in the pool, the cool gets to their skin as quick as possible. Okay. We've talked a lot about things to do after something happens. Let's talk a little bit about some things to uh, prevent. Um, what what effect does hydration have upon uh, an athlete's performance? Um, just drinking water alone can help with like your brain function. So it helps them respond quicker. Um, they won't be, say, one second thinking about how they're going to respond, but they just respond to it. Um, and their muscles are hydrated, so they're less likely to cramp, which means they're less likely to pull a muscle. Um, it helps with recovery. It helps um, prevent their um, sore muscles. Um, they don't feel as tired. They don't get headaches as easily. All right. So talk a little bit about... Uh, probably cramps is one of the biggest thing people have. And we hear uh, pickle juice is a solution these days, but uh, tell us a little bit about pickle juice, your experience with that and what, uh, uh, what 
parents, coaches, athletes can do? I will say that pickle juice is one of the first things that people reach for when we get cramps, especially on the football field. Um, I recently did just learn that um, the thought is that pickle juice, when you swallow it, it causes you to have a reaction in your throat, which tightens those muscles. So it helps relax your uh, cramps. Um, but the biggest thing I think people think about pickle juice is that it has a lot of sodium in it. So it's going to relieve those cramps, but realistically it's not going to work fast enough and effectively enough to immediately release the cramps. Um, the biggest thing is stretching those cramps out and, um, relaxing those muscles as much as possible to, uh, relieve those cramps. And you can rub with, with, uh, an ice bag or some type of, uh, ice in your hand uh, it, to do that as well. So, but it gets to the one, what is in pickle juice? It's vinegar. You know, primarily there is a lot of sodium in there. So they've gotten to that point probably because they've lost a lot of sodium. So when you think about prehydration, um, I give an example a lot of times, no, no NASCAR car would start with a half a tank of gas. Mm -hmm. So you've got to prehydrate in that. And what are some ways to to prehydrate so you don't get there in the first place. And when I, when I was more out in the field, I used to make it one of my personal goals that no cramps tonight. Mm -hmm. So I had to educate, educate, educate. I had to um, give them time to learn how to properly prehydrate. So what are some of the positives of prehydration? And then we'll talk about in a minute, some of the things we can avoid that actually uh, work against that. Um, I try to tell my athletes that, the number one thing that they can do to help prevent injury is hydrate and stretch. But hydration, um, eating properly, that is a big thing. Um, drinking plenty of water. Some of them think that they can drink two bottles of water during the day and be perfectly hydrated. And then they come to practice or games and they realize that's not sufficient. So I tell them, especially our outdoor athletes during this heat, they need to be drinking at least eight bottles a day. Like that's just the goal I give them. Um, to start off with, I tell them that they need to check their pee to make sure it's not getting too dark, um, to have like a pale yellow going. And that is a goal to shoot for as far as if you're hydrated or not. And um, I also, before games, if I know that they're probably prone to cramping, um, good things to drink. I try and give them some, they try to tell them to drink some Pedialyte, um, uh, probably drink a Gatorade or two. And then, um, the day before games, I try to get them to drink some Gatorade just to be prepared for that next day. Exactly. It's good to have a balance of about a 50-50 balance of a proper sports drink and water. Because Sometimes if you just drink water alone and you're a heavy sweater, you're actually washing out some of the body's sodium there, which you need that for cell conduction and that. So um, that's just a very important aspect to to have a little bit of both. So Talk a little bit about some of the um, things, maybe the don'ts we want to do in terms of prehydration. What about what about these energy drinks or jolts and um, things like that that uh, tend to increase? Believe some people believe increases their uh, ability to perform. Um, I definitely think that energy drinks are bad for athletes, especially at the high school level. Um, because a lot of times that's all they're drinking. They don't think about the water. All they're thinking is I need energy. I need something that's going to boost my um, level of play. But what they don't realize is if that's all you're drinking, then you're actually going to lose that level of play because um, you're going to be dehydrated. 
and also um, they don't realize that um, water actually, like I said earlier, helps their performance boost. If they would just drink that instead of that energy drink and be consistent about their hydration, then their performance would be up to par without the energy drink. Exactly. And some of these drinks are very highly caffeinated and uh, with uh, like drinking a number of cups of coffee uh, or just have that. And when, when there's that high caffeine level there, it can be an increased risk of elevated heart rate. And if they have an unrecognized cardiac issue, that becomes a uh, even more dangerous situation. So we encourage our athletes to uh, stay away from the uh, five-hour energy drinks, the other, the monsters, those types of things, because they in the in the long run they might give a high sugar high, but then after they'll crash by the uh, second quarter, and that and then may lead to more dehydration problems and uh, more cramping, and then they're on the sidelines, and you as a coach may not have time to deal with the cramps and that. So uh, it's just it, it's. Good common sense, but proper nutrition, uh, allow time for good rest and recovery. Uh, there are a lot of good tips. We'll put a lot of these things in the show notes uh, to address these issues and some of the solutions, some of the precautions that should be taken. So thank you very much, Kayla, for all of your help today and insight. And uh, thank you for joining us on the Youth Sports Safety Update produced by the Jacksonville Sports Medicine Program or JSMP. We're dedicated to youth sports safety through awareness, advocacy, and prevention. Please subscribe to our podcast and check our website at jaxsmp.com for more information. Thank you and please stay safe.